Hey everyone, this is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at RandallRant. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Beat, a Rotoviz podcast. Each week I am joined by an NFL beat reporter who is going to break down one of the biggest games on the NFL schedule. And this week I have a fantastic guest, Matt Money-Smith, the play-by-play voice for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's coming on to talk about Chargers Raiders. We're going to be discussing the classic AFC West battle here between the Chargers and the Raiders. It goes back for years. High-scoring games, exciting games, Hall of Fame players, and this one promises to be just as good as those in the past have been. This type of game is exactly what we want for fantasy football. Matt and I are going to look at the key players and the matchups that we think are going to decide the game. We're going to talk about the fantastic start to the year for the ageless Phillip Rivers and running back Melvin Gordon, the development of wide receiver Mike Williams and the Chargers passing attack, and what the Chargers banged up defense can do to stop this potent Raiders offense. After I talk with Matt, I'll take a few minutes to recap what we discussed, and I'll use some of the Rotoviz apps to dive deeper into the game. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over a thousand articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Please go to rotoviz.com to check out the site and be sure to get your 30% discount for an NFL pass at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. And you know, watching these games is fun and playing fantasy football is fun, but it's always a little more entertaining when you have a big game like Chargers Raiders, when you have some action on the game. So you guys have been hearing me talking about this for weeks and some of you are still on the sidelines. So whether you're an expert or a rookie, I believe you should all be betting at mybookie.ag. If you're the kind of guy that likes to win a little, you know, playing numbers on roulette, you can create that big parlay. You pick three teams to win. If you hit all three, you can turn $100 into $600 on my bookie. It's not just football. You can bet on all the major sports. So take the MMA fight that's coming up this weekend. Conor McGregor's going back in the octagon on Saturday for his first fight in two years. You can bet on things like whether he's going to win straight up or whether Khabib is going to deliver a first round knockout. I recommend my book because I really trust them. It's the one bet that I know you'll be happy with. I use it for fantasy football. I use it for college basketball. They've been in the business for years. They have great online reviews and their mobile site is easy to use. So if you're still on the sidelines, folks, now is the time to get back in the game. My bookie will still match your first deposit dollar for dollar. You got to join right now though, because they're going to be pulling that offer soon. Log on to my bookie right now and double your money. Use the promo code Rotoviz and you'll get your first deposit matched a hundred percent. That's promo code. Go to Rotoviz, go to my bookie. You're not going to regret it. Get some money down here on the Raiders Chargers game. You play, you win, you get paid at mybookie.ag. Right now, the Chargers are a five point favorite in the game at home over the Raiders. The money line is minus 240 for the Chargers, plus 190 for the Raiders with an over-under of 52.5. This is always a high-scoring game, very exciting game. You have big-time fantasy players that were drafted early in our fantasy drafts on both teams, so this is a huge matchup. Both of these teams in the AFC West have to keep pace with the Chiefs, who are 4-0, undefeated. Right now, the Chargers are tied with the Broncos. They're trying to move up. I'm curious to see what Matt has to say about the game, so let's get straight to it right now. Please welcome to the show Matt Money-Smith, who is the play-by-play voice for the Los Angeles Chargers, as well as the co-host of the Petros and Money Show out in LA on AM570. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Money-Smith. He's one of the best interviews around, and it's an honor to have him here on the Fantasy Football Beat. Matt, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you doing? 
Oh, far too kind. Come on, enough with the patronizing. I'm an average play-by-play guy at best, and I'm talking to you because I like hearing my own voice. <laughs> not, not true, not true, but you got yourself quite a team out there this year, and, and they picked up a nice win on Sunday against the 49ers, 29-27, pushing the Chargers 2-2 two and two on the season. The Niners started C.J. Beathard. He played well in place of the injured Jimmy Garoppolo, but despite being shorthanded on defense, the Chargers picked up a nice win, and they're at 500 on the season. Yeah, you know, I, I think at this point we realize um, without Joey Bosa, a win's good enough. You know, no style points because you look at that Niners team, and I mean, they were just they were down a lot of guys. Uh, they lost Staley for a minute in there. They lost Richburg for a minute on that offensive line, and the Chargers still struggled to get some pressure on them. Um, and with Bosa gone, it's just been a different defense. Um, they're double teaming Melvin Ingram. They're shading tight ends his direction. Backs are getting in on the action and chipping him every chance they can get. And, you know, the guys that are being asked to win one-on-ones are just struggling to do it. I mean, so much so that kind of Derwin James has been their best answer to, can we find someone else to rush the bachelor? So I think, you know, when you mentioned, you know, CJ, and he did play well. CJ played well. He's got that relationship with George Kittle back to their Iowa days. Um, and, and he was using that connection all game long. But I, I think, I think you hit it on the head, which is just get the win. Uh, again, it, it doesn't matter how you get it. They have winnable games here against the Raiders, against the Browns, against the Titans um, before they get Joey Bosa back, and you'd like to see him probably get at least two of the three. You know, you talked about the injuries, and that's the big question coming in. They've steadied the ship. They had a tough run at the beginning of the year, more than any other team of the injuries to start the season. They lost Jason Verrett to the torn Achilles, Hunter Henry with the ACL. I mean, he's on the he's only on the PUP, so the door's open for him to return, I think. You talked about Bosa. I did see on social media that both Forrest Lamp and Joe Barksdale are, are on the practice field. I'm not sure if that's correct, but how do the injuries stack up for Week 5, and is there positive news coming out of this myriad of injuries that the Chargers have suffered? Yeah, I think, you know, with those names you mentioned, Barrett, Hunter Henry, and Bosa before the season even started, I mean, you're talking about three pro bowlers. You know, I mean, Hunter Henry, while he didn't make the pro bowl, I mean, he was kind of expected to take that jump. The trajectory of his career has kind of been, you know, he's ready to to work himself into that conversation with the Zacherts, with the Travis Kelseys, as, you know, one of the top-tier tight ends in the league. And, you know, you don't get a single snap from him. Same thing with Barrett, who was a pro bowler, and Bosa, who was a pro bowler. So I think with those kind of injuries setting the tone, it's sort of a tread water mentality. Now, the two you mentioned, Barksdale at right tackle, Sam Tebby has done a nice job in place, in his place. Um, and Forrest Lamp, I think that's a bigger one, because if Forrest comes back, um, and, you know, you talk to people around the draft, and, and they'll tell you that Forrest, you know, looked like the best interior lineman in that draft. And the Chargers really got a steal by picking him up at the top of the second round there. Um, what that would allow them to do is kick Michael Schofield out to that tackle spot where I think he'd have a little bit of an upgrade in pass pro um, on Tevi. Tevi's an athletic tackle. He's really good in run blocking. But when he's got to an anchor and, and try to kind of set, that's where he's, you know, he's still good, but, but Schofield would be better in that spot. And I think that would give the offensive line, um, I think you'd be a better O line if they were able to get Lamp back and use Schofield at that right tackle spot. It's a good line right now. They've played well. But I think if you could kind of point to something that might help them out, that's something I think that would certainly benefit the Chargers uh, offense even a little bit more. 
Yeah, and the Chargers offense, despite those injuries, I mean, if you look up explosive in the dictionary, that's what you're going to find. You got Phillip Rivers and Melvin Gordon. Those are sort of the two main guys so far this year that have made everything go. Rivers has thrown the second most TD passes, 11 among quarterbacks. He's completing 68% of his passes and only two interceptions. Gordon has done everything well. And the narrative, of course, that was beaten in there for years was the yards per carry, but that is now gone. He's getting 5.1 per carry for running backs that getting at least 40 carries. He's third among running backs with 24 receptions, second in receiving yards, only behind Alvin Kamara and Todd Gurley in touchdowns with five. So talk about how great these two performers have been this year and how they sort of really have driven this offense despite the issues on the front line there. Yeah, I think, you know, Phillip really kind of took a, I don't want to say a step. I mean, he's been, you know, Hall of Fame caliber quarterback for a while now. But last year, there was just kind of a shift. It seemed like he was forcing the ball at times. And last year he was content to take what a, it's such a cliche, but it's true to take what a defense gave him and be comfortable just throwing underneath and letting Keenan get after it, you know, with yards after catch, you know, and taking those shots when the defense predicated, you take those shots. And that carried over to this year. The interception last week looked like it maybe got tipped at the line of scrimmage, um, but he bounced back from it. You know, the guy throws a pick six and has a three and out the following series, and he ends up with a QB rating sniffing 100 by the end of it all with three more touchdown passes. So, yeah, he's been he's been fantastic. Um, and that's what you expect. I mean, Philip, when you look at the numbers, um, you look at the toughness, and, and I'm not just talking about the 196, it will be consecutive game streak. I'm talking about the shots that that guy takes, play in and play out. Um, he is, at, in his 15th season, Still willing to stand in there um, if he thinks it's gonna if he thinks it's gonna benefit the team and, and you, you know it's, it's hard to see and I hate when people say oh if you watch the tape but really if you were able to be, to get that NFL game pass and watch the coaches film you'll see it I mean you'll see what that guy deals with week in and week out and it's impressive as for Melvin same thing I think Melvin has just kind of has sort of perhaps picked up a better relationship with contact and his comfort with contact. He's a big back, man. I mean, Melvin's big for running backs. You know, he, Todd Gurley, that's kind of how he's built. He's one of those bigger guys. So I think he's sort of embraced that a little bit more this year than he has in the past. I mean, I don't think I've seen him run as hard as he ran against the 49ers last week in his career. I mean, it really was an impressive display. It was, it was, an, uh, it was an effort that motivated the old line, that motivated Phillip, that motivated the team. And I think he's kind of just beginning to become a little bit more comfortable um, in, in that style of running. Uh, you know, at Wisconsin, you know what those holes look like with that offensive line. You know, you're getting five, eight yards downfield before you have first contact. And because Melvin's athletic, he's able to shake and bake out there. But now I think he recognizes those holes aren't as big, that contact's coming immediately, and you've got to play physical ball. And I think he's just kind of grown into that. And when you put that, you know, when you put it to him in those, in those parameters, he's comfortable with it and he excels at it. And I think that's kind of something we're seeing. We saw sort of the last quarter of the season in 2017 that began to show. And now he's just carried it over to this season. Yeah, true on both. I, I interviewed Dr. David Chow a couple of weeks ago and I asked him who are some of the toughest players he worked with. He immediately said Philip Rivers. I mean, and he said, listen, this is a guy who plays in pain. And I agree with you on Melvin Gordon. You play at Wisconsin, you get those big running lanes. You come here that takes an adjustment, but he's right at the top there among running backs and, and he does it all. He's a three down back. 
you're going to face a Raiders defense this week, and and they are certainly giving up points to offenses. Olkin has given up the six most overall yards, third most rushing yards. Obviously, one could make an argument, Matt, that they miss Khalil Mack, of course, as they have the least amount of sacks in the league with five. Uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler out of the backfield. Antonio Gates looked like he's comfortable now. I would think they're licking their chops to get at this Raiders defense. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that the offense feels good, but I think they, they felt good against the Rams defense. I think they felt good, you know, in, in all four of their games thus far. I think the offense has proven itself to be elite, uh, to be one of the better units, like you mentioned, balanced, uh, the receiving core, Mike Williams, you know, you take last week out of it, and obviously it's a quarter of, you know, the quarter point of the season, but, you know, he's been exceptional. He, he, you know, I mean, the guy burned Marcus Peters on a, on a touchdown pass and then, you know, was able to shed LaMarcus Joyner. So you're talking about speed and strength in each of those touchdown catches. He's certainly proven that he's capable of doing very special things. Um, the issue will be the defense, you know, and, and like I said, I think that's kind of what it comes down to is last year, this is a defense that was top three in the league. I think they were third in points allowed. They were second maybe against the pass. And without most of they're struggling. Um, and the Raiders offense has been really good. You know, it, it's been bad turnovers late in games and, and really that's it. And, and lack of fourth quarter execution overall. So you take the interceptions in the fourth quarter from far, and then you just take the fourth quarter performance overall. And that's kind of what you're looking at with the Raiders as being their downfall. But for three quarters, man, they've been pretty darn good. Um, so I, I think that's kind of one of the things that, that the, the, the Chargers are probably looking at like, okay, we know we're going to score points. But when you allow the, the 49ers to kind of move the ball, pick up the amount of first downs that they're able to pick up with a backup quarterback, with issues at receiver, with a Matt Breida who was out for about 25% of the game, I think that's what Gus Bradley's trying to figure out. How do I move the pieces of this puzzle around to, to, to kind of get me to where I need to get when I don't have everything that I need? You know, when I'm down a corner, when I'm down an end, how do I slow down? What is a league that favors offense? And I think that's more than anything kind of the question they have to answer. Yeah, and you know it's important because this Raiders offense, the short, quick passing attack, Derek Carr has looked good. They have Marshawn Lynch, of course, Cooper, Jordy Nelson. Jared Cook's been a real nice surprise for them. I did hear you talk in an interview about how great rookie safety Derwin James has been, so this is your chance to brag. With the injuries that they have and, and the need to get pressure, only eight sacks on the year, but the Chargers do have five interceptions, and James has been a huge part of that pass defense. So talk about him and how you think Anthony Lynn and Gus Bradley are going to play this on, on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, look, and Derwin's got three sacks, you know, so it's, right. it's yeah. like he's sort of been that answer, you know. It's like, hey, who do we need uh, opposite Melvin Irwin? I guess it's going to be Derwin. He's special. I mean, he's – and I think, you know, one of the reasons why Derwin's been such a big talking point is because he slipped. You know, it's not because he's this good, because if you talk to scouts and you talk to people that saw him play at Florida State, they'll all tell you the same thing. Well, yeah, that's who this guy was. He's an elite safety. I mean, he is one of the best prospects to come out of college at the position that we've seen in a long time. So when you hear the names thrown around as, you know, people, you know, incoming coaches or opposing players or scouts are trying to play the, hey, who does he remind you of, game? You're hearing Atwater. You're hearing Sean Taylor. I mean, the best of the best names are being thrown. Cam Chancellor, yeah, he's that guy. He's that good. And it is inexplicable that he slipped in the draft to a team that already was stacked on defense with great players like Melvin Ingram, like Joey Bosa, uh, and, and like Casey Hayward. So when you have talent around you and then you have the talent of Derwin James, he is able to just do so much at freelance like he has in his Florida State career. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's kind of one of those guys 
that, that you would tag as a get-off-the-bus-first guy. He's one of the dudes that you want to set off when everybody's watching to see, okay, what do these Chargers look like? All right, I'm going to send out Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa, and I'm going to send out Derwin James and Mike Williams because they're just they're, – they're outliers in terms of their stature, um, outliers in their athleticism with when you combine it with that stature. And then when you mix in the instincts um, and just football intelligence – that Derwin has. And then you look, it, it sounds, it's stupid right now. I'm just getting abusive and, and I'm getting a little, you know, overwhelmed with the, with the accolades, but he's everything. I mean, he is the full package. And I think it's, is he one of the best defensive rookies? That's obvious, right? This is, this is someone you can make a case. If he were able to play in the box every down, if they had a natural free safety to play behind him, I think he would make a case that he's already, in the conversation and might even just be the best box safety in the league through four games this season. No, you're not being effusive because I'm, I'm right with you. Derwin James has had a fantastic season and he's kept this defense together. And like you said, you're sort of holding things together until you get Bosa back. Matt, we appreciate the time here. Just got one more for you, then we'll get you out of here. Sure. I, I hear Chargers Raiders. I think back to Dick Enberg, those four o'clock games here on the East Coast, tremendous fouts, wins low, the whole thing. This is going to be a, an old school, putting up a lot of points, great AFC West battle. Chargers are home. Obviously, both teams want to keep pace with the Chiefs. We're at 4-0. You're tied right now with Denver 2-2. Give me a prediction. How do you think it ends up on Sunday in this great, great showdown in the AFC West? Yeah, I think that's a big one. Um, and, and I think anybody that's old enough to remember, you know, those, those kind of electric blue Charger uniforms and Dan Fouts and that late 70s, 80s team that aired it out and put up a ton of points. And obviously, you know, the uh, Davis vertical passing attack, it was fun. And I do think that's you know, I don't know. You know, I think you said it. Derek Carr is more of a quick, get it out, fast kind of spread it around. But I'm anxious to see if they take a few more shots because quarterbacks have been getting time to try to tear up this Chargers defense. I do think it'll be high scoring. I, I do. I don't think they've quite figured out how they're replacing Bosa yet, and, and I think it's going to be you know two offenses taking big swings uh, at one another. I think on paper the Chargers should should come out ahead. You know, you got two rookie tackles playing. And I think that helps out the pass rush this week. Certainly, you saw that in Buffalo. Uh, and you even saw it for a little bit there in San Francisco when they were down Joe Staley and the ability to get to the quarterback. When you take it on the two best offenses in the league and the Chiefs and the Rams, they were able to contend with a Chargers defense that doesn't have Joey Bosa. But I do think this is this is an opportunity for this team to get after it. Um, and like you said, you, you have the offense that you know is going to put up points, and I do think their defense can do enough against those rookie tackles of the Raiders. To, uh, to give the Chargers, you know, uh, a five to seven point advantage here. It's going to be a great game, Matt. And this is important because after this, you have three of your next four games on the road at Cleveland, at Seattle. Then you come back and you go to at Oakland again in November. So a real important one here. Folks, that's Matt Money Smith, one of the best in the business, play by play voice for the Chargers. Please follow him on Twitter at Matt Money Smith. Matt, thanks so much for a few minutes. Really appreciate it and looking forward to a great high scoring game. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it, Mike. Anytime you need me, I'd love to come back.
That was Matt Money-Smith, the play-by-play voice for the Los Angeles Chargers. In just a moment, I'm going to dive deeper into what we discuss using some of the many apps on rotaviz.com. Just a quick reminder that you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, which is our weekly Sunday morning video show, answering all of your fantasy football questions. Patronships start at just $6 per month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. That's four shows per month on top of the 40 podcasts for just $6. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access our premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce high-quality, industry-leading programming. Remember, Rotoviz Radio on Patreon. We thank Matt Money-Smith for joining us here on the Rotoviz Radio Fantasy Football Beat for Week 5 to preview the Chargers and the Raiders. Matt is a, a real big personality, great guy. Tremendous play-by-play voice for the Chargers and gave us a ton of great information here that we can dissect and take a closer look at for our fantasy football matchups. It really starts with quarterback Phillip Rivers and running back Melvin Gordon. Those are the two key pieces for the Chargers, and they've been outstanding fantasy performers each and every year, but especially lately. Let's start with Rivers. So this year, like I said, 68% completion percentage, which is a he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, but that's a high number even for him as well. It really is clicking with his receivers and making those short, accurate passes, as well as taking some shots downfield when he sees fit. But he has pretty much been a dominant performer in this Raiders-Chargers series. If you go back to 2013, so you look here at the last five years coming into this year, he has played 10 games against the Raiders. And he has played all of them. As you heard Matt said, he's very durable. Dr. Chow had said that to me when he talked as well about how Phillip is a gamer. So when you have him on your team, you know he's going to be out there each and every week. And in those 10 games against the Raiders, he's averages, he averages 38 pass attempts per game. So a lot of passes. Completes 25 of them, which is a great completion percentage. He's averaging 2.1 passing touchdowns against the Raiders and 0.9 interceptions. So on average, you can expect a little over two touchdowns per game and a little under one interception. I don't know what else you could want from your starting fantasy quarterback. And for the passing yards, averaging 295 passing yards per game in the 10 games against the Raiders. He's been a tremendous performer and he's really done well against Oakland. Those numbers came to me from the Rotoviz Game Splits app, which is one of the great apps here at Rotoviz. Great suite of apps, which is why you should sign up, get that NFL pass there, and have access to all of this. The Game Splits app is just a real quick and easy way to dissect how a player has done against a particular team or how they've done in certain situations or with other players on the field by using it. It's tremendous. Now we're going to use it for Melvin Gordon as well. The knock on Melvin Gordon has been his average yards per carry. Some people have accused him of being just a jag, just a guy, if you will in fantasy football, and he's proving that he is not. He is every bit the three down back that people who took him in the late first round of redraft leagues wanted when they drafted him. He's averaging 5.1 yards per carry this year. His prior three years, 3.5, 3.9, and 3.9. This year, 5.1. So really has been able to use some of the improvements on that offensive line. I remember a couple of years ago, the Chargers had like 11 different offensive line combinations, so they really have struggled with that, but they seem to have really so it up, even with missing Forrest Lamp and Barksdale as well in that offensive line. It looks like they could be back as early as this week. 
The key with Gordon is the receptions. So he had 33 receptions his first year, 41 receptions the next year, 58 year three. So he's gone up each and every year. And they talk coming into this season about how he could even be more of a weapon for the Chargers. And right now through four games, he has 24 receptions, which means he is on pace for 96 receptions this year out of the backfield. That's a Le'Veon Bell-like pace. And the key with Melvin Gordon, of course, is his consistency. If you use this game splits app and you look at the last three seasons, Seasons. So not the first season when he was a rookie and Danny Woodhead was there, just his last three seasons. He's averaged 18.8 PPR points at home, 20.53 PPR points on the road. He's averaged 3.6 receptions at home, 3.8 on the road. His targets have been 5.3 and 5.1 on those splits. His receiving yards, 33.9, 32.5. He's been even right across the board. Even his rushing touchdowns in the last three seasons, rushing touchdowns at home for Melvin Gordon, 10. Uh, rushing touchdowns on the road for Melvin Gordon, 10 also. He has been a workhorse, whether he is home or away. So he is absolutely looking to have a very big day here against this Raiders defense on Sunday. And it's a Raiders defense that has really struggled this year. And all the talk about John Gruden getting rid of Khalil Mack, we understand why he did that, but they have struggled. They have not been able to pressure the quarterback with only five sacks through four weeks. Right now, they rank 27th in the league in total yards allowed. Their only teams that have been worse are Atlanta, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, and Kansas City. So they have really struggled. They're giving up yards on defense. And to go back to Gordon, they really have struggled against running backs. The only two teams that are allowing more rushing yards per game, Detroit and Arizona. Oakland is giving up 139 rushing yards on the ground. So that is something that Melvin Gordon is going to attack. Phillip Rivers as well is going to be able to use some play action and get some shots down the field. So I do see the Chargers having a big, big start here. And the Game Splits app gives us a breakdown that Rivers and Gordon have both done very well against the Raiders in their history. Next player I want to talk about is Mike Williams for the Chargers. He's a guy who was drafted in the first round out of Clemson by the Chargers. He's 24 years old, so he's an older player now. But people have been waiting to see this year if he was really going to justify that early pick that ha- that happened last year. And so far this year, it's been a real solid start. Six foot four, 218 pounds. He's had the three touchdowns this year. As you heard Matt telling us about, he's had the quickness to go by people, and he's had the strength to go up at the point of attack and grab the ball. He did not have a great week last week, only three targets, but prior to that, six, two, and seven. So with Keenan Allen always going to get fed those targets, Melvin Gordon coming out of the backfield, Mike Williams is going to have ideal situations in which he can go one-on-one. He caught a big touchdown pass earlier in the year, and he had 81 yards against the Rams and two touchdowns in week three. So coming back home here against the Raiders, I think he's somebody who can definitely be very dangerous. Keenan Allen, of course, is going to be open. But Mike Williams has surpassed Terrell Williams on the depth chart there. And he is somebody who you should feel very confident starting. I would expect at least wide receiver two numbers for Mike Williams, low-end wide receiver two. Keenan Allen, of course, I'll do wide receiver one number. So I think you could start both of them there and even stack the Chargers receivers against a really tough Raiders defense. And before we get to the last part where we're going to start projecting some individual players for 
the Raiders and the Chargers. Just want to remind everybody that when you have to make those who do I start decisions every week, fantasymath.com is here to help. We have to choose between player X, player Y. I get these calls all on Sunday on Twitter. Who should I start between these two guys? Put your matchup into fantasy math and it will help you out with those big calls and give you a quick mathematical analytical response. A player's variability, whether you're the favorite, correlations, fantasy math takes it all into account and helps you make the right lineup call because it's based on your matchup and who you're going against. Right now, Rotoviz listeners get a season membership for just $20 by using the link rotoviz.fantasymath.com. So please don't miss out. That's rotoviz.fantasymath.com. You can use it here for your Chargers Raiders battle on Sunday. And the last app I'm going to use, which is a fantastic one, one of the best ones they have here at Rotoviz, Game Level Similarity Projections. This is where you put players into the app and it tells you how they project whether what would be an average game for them, what would be a high end, what would be a low end, depending on who the matchup is, who they're going against, how that defense has been, and similar players to this player that you put in over the last 20 years or so here using Rotoviz. It's tremendous. So the first person I put in for the Raiders is Amari Cooper. Now listen, Derek Carr is probably going to have a decent game. You heard the Chargers have struggled. They gave up a lot of yards there to C.J. Beathard and a big play from C.J. Beathard to his college roommate at Iowa, George Kittle. So Amari Cooper has been sort of a lightning rod. He's had some dud games. He's had some big games here. So going against the Chargers, and you have Derwin James out there, you have a tough secondary. The question is, how is he going to do? Well, I put in and looked at the game level similarity projection app, and it's fascinating. There are some players here that would be very, very comparable and favorable to Amare Cooper, like a Plaxico Burris, like a Pierre Garçon in 2009. Some players that you would say, oh, those are real favorable comparisons. Randy Moss, even, when he was in Arizona in 2008. Marvin Jones, some solid comparisons. But then there's some players here who, and if you look at his stats and who he's going against and make you scratch your head, Ruben Randall, Moussin Muhammad, Aaron Dobson there, remember him? So if you look at what he's projected in PPR formats, they project him at 11.6. That would be the median result here for Amari Cooper against the Chargers on the road. A low end is 6.8 and a high end is 18.3. You know, when you talk about a wide receiver one, you'd like to have a higher end in PPR formats than 18.3. But they're basically saying that when you have Casey Haywood and you have everyone out there, it's not going to be easy for Derek Carr to go to him. So 18.3 is his high end, 11.6 is his median. And he's a guy that you probably will start, but if you have a couple other better options on the bench, it's not a bad move. Another player you want to look at here for the Raiders is tight end Jared Cook, who's off to a fantastic start. Now, the Chargers are pretty decent against opposing tight ends. They've done a nice job so far this year. So if I use the game-level similarity projection app for tight ends and I put Jared Cook in... What I get for PPR is not great. 6.6, which is the median. 10.2 is the high end. 1.7 is the low end. I'm not sure if you're starting Jared Cook here. That 1.7 is very, very low, and 10.2 is really not that high. Who do they compare him to? They compare him against someone like Will Ty against the Cowboys in 2015, who simply had two targets, no receptions, and no yards. They compare him to Kobe Fleener. Two receptions, 44 yards. They compare him to Heath Miller, who had five receptions, 49 yards. That was actually a decent, decent game there for him. Jermichael Finley, back in 2012, three receptions, 51 yards. So as much as Jared Cook has been hot, according to the GLSP app, which we call the Gillespie here, 
he is someone that you may want to look for other options for, which I know is hard to get away from. But on the road here against this Charger team, I'm not sure if Jared Cook's a guy you, you can go to. You know, but it's interesting if you go back to the wide receiver position and I type in Jordy Nelson, and Jordy Nelson has really been popping here lately and has become sort of a favorite go-to guy with Derek Carr. His PPR projections, 12.4, 3.6, a little bit of a lower end there, and 19.3. So he's pretty much around Amari Cooper numbers. So he's a guy that you could also take a flyer on and start. I would feel very, very comfortable with Jordy Nelson as a wide receiver three, especially because you know that the Chargers are going to concentrate on Amari Cooper. So those are some people for the Raiders that you can think about. You know, of course, when I plugged uh, Keenan Allen into the GLSP app, no surprise here. 10.9 is the median, 23.4 though, the high end, much higher than Amari Cooper, 6.9 is the low end. So he's someone that does project to have a real solid wide receiver one game at home. And then you talk about Mike Williams. He's a guy you have to take a flyer on. The machine here only projects him average at 2.5 as a median result. I think that's too low. I think his sample size here is causing the app to maybe favor too low of a projection. He's a guy I think you can take a flyer on here, certainly as a wide receiver three. And like I said, a low end wide receiver too. So even though the comparables are not great, your Jalen Strongs, Jeremy Ross, David Nelson, Brenton Burson, remember him? I still think Mike Williams can have a decent game here, and I think he's somebody who may not get the volume because Keenan Allen will, and so will so Melvin Gordon, of course, Austin Eckler out of the backfield. But I do like Mike Williams this week, and I think he's someone who has a real good chance at scoring and should at least get you that solid five to six PPR points that the GLSP app says is on the high end. So he's somebody else that I think that we're going to look at, and you can consider plugging in your lineups there as sort of a flyer, even though he had the bad game last week. So we're heading to week five. We have the Chargers and the Raiders, a great AFC West battle here. So, so much great content going on here at Rotoviz. So many different podcasts each and every week. Please make sure you subscribe to our channel on your favorite podcast app and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. We're going to continue the team preview series next week, bring in that beat reporter, give you a nice breakdown here and tell you who to start and who to sit to make sure that you win your fantasy matchup. So make sure you tune in for the fantasy football beat. That's going to do it for today. I'm Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at Randall Rant, and thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Beat, a Rotoviz podcast. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>